Well, this morning, we want to go a little bit further. Amen. And if you think I'm too loud or whatever, turn me down a little bit. I bought my own bass, so I'm good. <laughs> Father, in the, <laughs> Father, in the mighty name of Jesus, I thank you, Lord. Father God, I just thank you this morning that, Lord, we are anticipating your spirit. We're anticipating uh, revelation. We're anticipating, oh God, that you stir us to the next level. Father God, we're in a season of going places we've never, ever been before. And we're not going in fear, we're going in faith. We're going in faith because wherever you lead us, you are there. And Lord, we're seeking your presence. And we thank you for revelation. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. And every heart that agrees said amen. Amen. amen and amen. Turn with me to Mark 11, 22 through 25. Jesus speaking here, after he had spoken to the um, fig tree, and it withered. And they asked him, how did that happen? And Jesus answered and said to them, have faith in God. <clears throat> Excuse me. For surely I say to you, whoever says to this mountain, be removed and cast in this, into the sea, and does not doubt in his heart, but believes that those things he says will be done, he will have whatever he says. Therefore, I say to you, whatever things you ask when you pray, whatever things you ask when you pray, believe that you receive them and you will have them. And whenever you, you stand praying, if you have anything against anyone, forgive him that your Father in heaven may also forgive you your trespasses. Amen. I want to preach to you this morning, prayer, the foundation of the supernatural. Amen. Prayer, the foundation of the supernatural. The works of Jesus are accessed by the prayers of mankind. We are here in 2022 to do the things that God desires his body to do as we represent the kingdom of his son. It's a time to be about the business of the kingdom. Amen. You need to hear that. Amen. Not the business of the world, but the business of the kingdom, which is vastly different than what the world is focusing on. Amen. Amen. For this season is drawing to a close sooner than what you think. Amen. I'm not getting ready to tell you in 60 days Jesus is coming. I'm not going to say anything like that. But what I'm saying is time is speeding up. Time is moving faster than it's ever moved before. It seems like when you pay attention to the time, the next thing you know, we're here. And it's like, man, what what we do between that time and that? We don't know. All we know is time is, is winding down faster than it's ever went before. And that's a good thing. Amen. That means God is still in control, and he knows exactly what time it is. We must do the will of God while there's still light. For Jesus said in John 9 and 4, I must work the works of him who sent me while it is day, for night is coming when no one can work. Amen. That sounded strange when he said that, but it didn't sound strange to them because after the sun went down, all you had was candlelight. Okay. We got more than candlelight. 
But the purpose of that is we need to be working while there's still time. I believe that this is a season that we're going to be involved in. Working in this decade, the supernatural works are coming to you as a believer. Amen. Not to the pulpit, to you. That's something we've got to wrap our heads around. I read you that scripture last night in Ephesians, the fourth chapter, that said, equipping the saints for the work of the ministry. For hundreds of years, that portion of scripture did not mean to the church what it meant. And it meant to train the people. Amen. I remember when we first came to Defiance, we were in a training mode. And the people were looking at us like, well, we pay you to do this, and we pay you. We're going to do prayer every day. We're going to do prayer before every service. Okay. I said, all right, we're going to train you how to pray. I said, for this first six months, eight months, we're going to pray, which we did everything. We prayed, then we did praise and worship, and then we preached. I said, but it's going to come a time when you all are going to do it. And, and I remember we had a joint service. And we had built a prayer team. And I gave them instructions on what to pray or whatever. And another church came in that were going to fellowship with us. And the people are praying. And they're calling down heaven. They're praying. I said, praise God. praise!" And they came in and went, what are they doing? I said, they're praying before service. Oh, yeah. They said, praying before service? Well, service is meant for the praying. It isn't what you do before. And I was like, you, you, you're not living where we're living. Where we're living, we've got to set the foundation so the presence of the Lord can come in. See, we pray ahead of time so that when people come through that door, they don't come in with the cares of the world. They come in smelling the aroma and the anointing of the presence of God. And they laughed. I said, oh, this is interesting. And so, well, our band needs to get in and tune up. Uh, can they um, take their prayer somewhere else? Oh, man, now I know why we pray. You've got to put prayer on a level where it belongs. Jesus instructed us. He taught the disciples how important prayer was, and we've lost that. The church today don't pray like the church used to pray. You know, Some of you might have grown up in churches where the mothers prayed. You know, the mothers... Uh, prayed not during church service or, or they prayed to set the atmosphere for the man of God and the woman of God. But they prayed. Today we, we look at prayer not like we should. And that's something that's going to change. Amen. Jesus declared that when he began to think about prayer, he began to teach the people how they needed to pray. Amen. The supernatural works are coming to you as a believer, not just to Benny Hinn, not just to Apostle uh, Guillermo Maldonado, amen. They're coming to you, not just to your pastors. You know, oftentimes you say, well, when pastor gets here, he's going to pray, and then something's going to happen. No, you here. Set the atmosphere. Set the atmosphere that when he comes in, he can step up to a higher level. Because you have laid the groundwork. He doesn't have to start from zero. Amen. 
when you got to start from zero, you, you got to plow. You got to put the plow down deep. But if you all have set the atmosphere, then he can come in and begin to discern the atmosphere. I, I remember we were in a meeting, and we weren't holding a meeting. We went to see someone else in the meeting. And when we walked in, I was like, man, there's confusion in here. And my wife said, well, don't say that. I said, I feel confusion. And so we went over and sat down, and when the speaker came in, he looked around like, whoa. Okay, stop everything. And she began to pray. She said, Father, in the name of Jesus, I take authority over the atmosphere. Everything up in here that is not yours has got to go. And the people are looking like, we were doing a good job. I'm like, go, girl. Go, girl. And when she got through praying, she just broke into a chorus of just a song. And it was like sparkles began to fall everywhere. It was like the people went, whoa, whoa. I said, oh, boy, it's going to be rough up in here tonight. <laughs> she set the atmosphere. They didn't introduce her. They didn't do anything. She just stepped right into the word of God and started preaching. And I was like, okay, this is how it's supposed to be. You can pray but not understand prayer. Right. You know, it's not a drill. It has a purpose. Right. And we need to understand how to walk in that purpose. Amen? Amen. There, is, there, there is going to be an outpouring of the anointing that is going to rest on you. Amen? Okay. Amen. These two messages, I had to juggle them in between. Which one need to come first? But when the Lord told me that what we did last night was asking for Jehovah the healer to begin to enter into your lives, I knew this was the second one we had to operate in. Amen? For you as a believer, you have received a charge and a command when Jesus declared in John 14, 12, Most assuredly, I say to you, he who believes in me, the works that I do, you will do also, and greater works than these will you do because I go to my Father. Jesus isn't coming back here. Uh-oh. See, if I was at home, I'd say, amen, lights. Jesus isn't coming back here. He left us in charge. We can pray to him. We can ask him. But the Holy Ghost dwells in you to do the works of Jesus. The word was not given to the disciples, the 72, or the 12 apostles. It was given to all who believed on Christ the Lord. How many believe this word is true? Amen. 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 We've been hindered. We've been hindered because men have not wanted to release this anointing to you. Amen. Hallelujah. I, I was a little crazy, kid. I was a little crazy. I, I was in a Baptist church. And I'm reading the word of God, and I'm like, how come we don't see none of these signs, wonders, and miracles? Now, I was in a big Baptist church. On Sunday morning, we probably saw 300 people come to the altar for healing, and nobody got healed. The pastor would pray. He'd be calling fire down from heaven, and then he'd say, if it's your will, Lord, heal them. 
like, I was, I was in that church for 18 years. I never saw anybody healed. And I was like, Lord, what's wrong? I said, there are 2,000 people in this church on the roll. We see 700 of them on a Sunday. Half of them come to the altar, and nobody's healed. So I began to seek the ministry of Kenneth Hagin. I started buying him mini books. I had a mini book in my back pocket every time I went to church. I had a mini book. I said, if if he's preaching good, all right, I'm listening. If he's not, that little mini book is in my Bible and I'm reading. I know it was wrong. Come on now, I know it was wrong. But I was trying to feed me. And I was saying, somewhere in Tulsa, Oklahoma, they're healing people. How come we can't have that here? And, and I began to seek that. I mean, I was obsessed. Everywhere I was at, there was a mini book. There was a mini book in my car, and mini book at home, mini book. Wherever I was at, there was a mini book, and I'm reading it. And I'm trying to figure out how 11, Mark 11 healed Kenneth Hagin. I said, there must be a secret in here somewhere. I've read this scripture, and I didn't see the anointing fall. But it was faith. I was seeking the Lord and asking him, how come I can't get this? I'm living right. I'm doing everything I'm supposed to do. And then he said, men that don't have faith can't teach faith. So I I was at the wrong place. And I knew it was time for me to leave. Amen. But I'll tell you this. I had to leave on God's timing because he kept sending me back. I'd be somewhere, whatever, and turn the TV on in the morning and Maybe Kenneth Copeland was teaching a message that said, you got to go back to your roots. He ain't talking to me. Yes, he is. You need to go back. (laughs) And that kind of stuff kept happening. I was like, okay, Lord, when can I leave? He said, you can leave when you announce to these people that I have called you. Okay, in a Baptist church, you got to do a trial message. I did. (laughs) And I said, okay, I'm called. But let me tell you something that's amazing. The person called before me was a prophet. I recognized him as a prophet. The church was going, that boy's off. I said, no, he's a prophet. A what? He's a prophet. I said, okay. Now he's talking to me, and he might walk by you and say, I saw you, uh, and this is what was happening in your life. And they're like, whoa. I never heard nothing like that. Right. You know, the guy lived across the street was preparing to go to California. He told him, don't go to California. You're going to be involved on a drive-by on 152nd Street and East Pine. Wow. I said, what? Ooh. He went in, told his mom, and she what, what are you trying to put on my boy? And I was like, you just can't talk to people. You need to pray about what you tell them. He, he didn't, there was no boundaries for him to learn about that. I said, you need to go pray. I tried to plug him into a church that was full gospel. 5,000 member church. He said, I went over there, and he said, I'm just lost. I'm coming out of there. He preached a message because he wasn't whooping and hollering. They said, that boy can't preach. I said, he's a prophet. I said, prophet, we don't have prophets. He's a prophet. And then I come right behind him. So the pastor told me, he said, 
Now, we don't want you to be like that last guy to come through here. And I'm thinking, yeah, but you don't even know what he is. Amen. Amen. And I prayed. He said, I said, what do I preach on? He said, pray, God will tell you. I said, okay. I prayed, and God gave me Revelations, the third chapter. I didn't know the rules of the game, Brother Ziggy. I got up and preached that. There were 25 pastors behind me. Two of them were my brother-in-laws. And they said, uh, I preached that word, the little short word I gave. And they said, amen, pray, pray for that brother. We got done, and they said, well, didn't nobody tell you you were supposed to preach out of the Old Testament, your first message? Didn't nobody tell you, you know, you had to talk about David and Goliath and the three Hebrew boys and the fiery fire? I said, no, what God told me to tell you all is quit playing. God told me to tell you all, get serious. They said, you a rookie. You can't say nothing like that. I said, but God told you told me to pray and ask God. I did, and this is what he said. Okay. I said, well, we're used to that kind of stuff. I said, but I prayed. Amen. This is all foreign territory. My brother-in-law said, boy, you lit a fire and kept on blowing on it, didn't you? <laughs> I said, all this is new to me. I don't know what I'm doing. I just had faith in what God said. But you got to pray. Amen. Amen. When we pray, then we're going to begin to see the works, see the signs, see the wonders. Amen. Amen. You're on your way to doing the word of God and the will of God. There are more signs and wonders in the New Testament than the old. Have you ever thought about that? Because we are under a different covenant and we all have received the spirit of God. Jesus asked for the gift of the Holy Spirit to empower us, not just witnesses. Witness has a bad reputation. That means you're going to somebody who's not saved, and you're going to ask them, do you know Jesus? Don't get me. Amen. Don't rebuke me. Well, that's my business. No, it's not. It's my business. I represent the kingdom of God. I need to know if you know what I know, even if you're not living it. That's what we think witnessing is. But witnessing is also demonstrating the power and the anointing of God. And when you demonstrate the anointing and the power of God, you touch people's heart. And that's what we're called to do. It's not about just dry witnessing, knocking on the door, you know, asking someone, do you know the Lord? No, knock on the door and say, can I pray for you? Then after you get through praying for him, ask him, do you know the Lord? Well, I might want to know him now because nobody ever came and prayed for me before. Nobody never came and cared about my situation. There, there are so many things, oh my God, that happen. I, I was doing a remodel. Um, by trade, I'm an electrician. I, I was doing a remodel with a guy, and we're working together. We're both saved, you know, we're working together. He said, let me tell you something. I said, what? He said, I found a hospital bill blowing down the, the street. I was walking, and a hospital bill blew up on me. I picked it up, and it said, past two. I said, okay. He said, I paid it. So said, well, praise God. That was a wonderful thing for you to do. Then the Lord told me to go to the address of that house and pray for that man. I said, really? He said, yeah. You want to go with me? I said, well, yeah, yeah, I'll go with you. So we went over there, and he said, this is the house right here. He 
She said, I've scoped it out four or five times. I just never was brave enough to go up to that door. I said, well, we're brave enough today. You got company. The word of the Lord said, we're two or more gathered in his name. There he is in the midst. Let's go, my brother. <laughs> he said, oh, okay. So we went up there to the door, rang the doorbell. And, uh, he asked for the name on, on the sheet. And the guy said, he don't live here. He lives across the street. I said, you've been watching the wrong house how many times here? <laughs> So we knocked on the door. When we knocked on the door, I knew the man who was in the house. The man that was in the house goes to his church. And when he opened the door, he said, it's the Miko kid. I went, I ain't heard that in 999 years. <laughs> he said, what you doing at my house? Then he recognized the other guy. And he, he told him what happened. And he said, well, if you were a sinner, I would come to witness to you. He said, I've been praying about this, and the Lord told me I need to come and pray for you. He said, okay. He said, well, you're, you're an usher at our church. He said, yeah. He said, God must have missed it. He said, uh, you're saved. He put his head down. He said, well, I got saved when I was nine years old. He said, I, I um, came to church in my 50s. I hadn't been to church since I was nine. He said, but you're the head usher. He said, one day I stood up, and um, they asked for people who want to join the church. I just stood up. He said, and they said, we need workers. He went to work. He said, I never formally accepted Jesus Christ before men. He said, I'm on kidney dialysis three times a week. He said, and, and let me tell you this. When we knocked on the door and he looked out the window and he saw the other guy, all you heard were people running, beer cans, making all kind of noise when we got in there. There was nobody there. I said, what happened to all them people and all that noise? He said, them church folk. That's, that's the church boy right there. Gone. We prayed for him. My friend told me three weeks later, he came to church. He dedicated his life, and he declared he was no longer on kidney dialysis. Prayer and obedience. God, you, it don't have to make sense to you all the time. It didn't make sense to us. I was just laughing, going, I can't believe you've been sitting outside the wrong house. But God's purpose was to get that brother healed. And that's what happens when you pray and the supernatural begins to manifest. Amen? The control text is the foundation to do the supernatural. We are not just to be witnesses, but to be doers of the word and the work. Prayer is the bridge that leads us to the supernatural. It is through prayer. Jesus spent time in prayer. The word says in Mark 1 and 35, now in the morning... Having risen a while before daylight, before daylight, he went out and departed into a solitary place, and there he prayed. There are many verses where Jesus spent time praying, seeking the Father, not as we pray, asking for what we need, our wants, or praying to get relief from the works of darkness of this world. Amen. You already got power and authority over the darkness of this world. Decree, declare it, and stand in it. Amen. Allow me to say this. 
To do the works of the supernatural, you have to believe and practice the word that Jesus gave us. It's faith in the truth of his word, which will stop the cares and the problems of this world from stealing your focus. We are in such a vacuum right now that you go turn on the TV and it's COVID, 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 COVID. Never mind what else is happening in the world. COVID. That's a vacuum that creates fear. Amen? It's faith in the truth of the word that will stop the cares and the problems of this world from stealing your focus. He gave a word concerning this old troublesome word, world in John 16, 33. He said, these things have I spoken to you that in me you may have peace. And in the world you will, be, you will have tribulation, but be of good cheer, I have overcome the world. Though there is nothing new under the sun. Put God first. And everything that the world is struggling with, you won't. Because God has already taken care of it. He's God. Amen. By putting the cares of the world, such as COVID, fear, sickness, disease, and whatever else under the blood and walking in the victory of the word. Amen. Jesus said in Luke 4 and 4 that man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. You got to find out what God is saying. I don't care what's going on. You need to find out what God is saying. When you find out what God is saying, then you know how to fight. You go to the doctor and the doctor gives you a diagnosis and a report. Amen. You don't come home defeated. You say, now I know what I'm fighting. Now I know how I need to pray. That's what you've got to realize. Not, well, I sure hope I get a good doctor and and if the surgery goes right. No, amen. I'm trusting in the Lord. Either he's going to heal me or he's going to anoint whoever's going to work on me. I I remember I had um, a situation with my heart. And it had been going on and going on. And I finally went to the doctor. And the doctor says, well, your heart is only beating at 30%. The devil said, you're going to die. I said, you a lie. Hello? They said, we're going to have to put a stent in your, in your heart. I said, okay. I researched it. I'm a researcher. Hello, you tell me something like that, I'm looking it up. I'm finding out what, what it takes. So I went in there, and I told them. I said, um, I'm going to pray before you all do anything. Is that all right? Well, yeah, we don't have many people do that. I said, okay. So I prayed. Everybody was in there but the doctor who was going to do the procedure. I prayed. Asked the angels, the Lord to guide everybody, and everything worked the way it's supposed to. I said, okay. They did it. I came out. I said, okay, we're good. Hallelujah, glory to God. Then they told me, it says, for six weeks you can't drive. I said, what do you mean for six weeks I can't drive? I said, I got a meeting to go to next Friday. So, no, you can't go. Wednesday, the next week, they said, you have to have someone help you in and out of the bed. I said, okay, fine. I told my wife, I got to go to the bathroom. She said, me too. So she went to this bathroom. I got up and went to the other bathroom. I came back. I beat her back. Hallelujah. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, help me, Jesus. And, 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 I, and I got ready to get in the bed. 
and I heard, don't do it. I said, baby, what'd you say? He said, I didn't say nothing. I know I heard, don't do it. I waited till she came in there. When she came in there, she helped me get back in the bed. This thing comes with a monitor. Okay, it's Bluetooth. When I got up in the morning, they called me and told me, you had a problem last night with your device. I said, okay. I said, what's wrong? They said, your wire came loose. I said, my wire came loose. I said, okay, what does that mean? It means you have a defibrillator in your chest, and that loose wire says at any time it can jolt you back to life. I said, well, I'm not losing life. She said, that's the problem, because if it jolts you, you're going to know it down to your toenails. I was like, really? Yeah, okay, we're going to schedule you Friday. I start praying. I came in there Friday, and they said, you look familiar. I said, yeah, I was here a week ago. <laughs> so I started praying. And they said, this shouldn't take long. We're going to anesthetize you. You're going to be okay. Well, the anesthetic didn't take. And I felt them doing this. I felt them doing wire ties, wire nuts. And I went, whoa. They would cover your face with a sheet with a, a, a towel. They lowered the towel. Said, You're awake. I said, I've been awake the whole time. And I said, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord, that whatever's going on here, you're in control. I said, you shouldn't be awake. But we prayed again before we went in there. And I was like, all right, Lord, everything is in your control. I'm not done yet. Look at your neighbor and tell him, you're not done. Never let a report from the doctor cause you to begin to doubt the purpose and destiny for which you were created. I haven't dropped one beat since then. Amen. That was five years ago. Because I know I'm not done. I've got purpose and I've got destiny. You need to know you've got purpose and you've got destiny. Believing the truth. For Jesus has all power and has overcome the world and all that is in it. Focus on the word, not on the world. Amen. He spent time in prayer according to his assignment, for he understood his assignment. Amen. Say amen, somebody. Amen. Which was confirmed in how he told his disciples to pray. He told them in Matthew 6, 10 through 13, Pray your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread. And forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And do not lead us into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. For yours is the kingdom, the power, and the glory forever. There was no fear in that. It was all purpose and the will of God. That's how we ought to live. This is the pathway to the supernatural. Praying that the will of God is being done on earth as it is in heaven. This can only be done by those who believe in Christ Jesus are born again, believe in his word, and decree and declare the truth of his word. Amen. The world will never understand the word of God. They're not trying to. Amen? Unless they can control it. Now, if they can control it, they'll believe it. But if they can't control it, they don't want to believe it. And you are dangerous to the world. 
Because you're not depending on what men say. You're depending on what God says. This is our assignment. Until we understand the power of this assignment, it will not be done. It will not be done until we understand it. Because you cannot let men orchestrate what you do. Amen. 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 When I was reading all those Kenneth Hagin books, I moved my mother in because she got sick. And I'd only been spirit-filled two weeks. I moved her in. It was snowing to beat the band. And the Lord spoke to me and said, get up and go see about your mother. I got up and went in the spare room. She was comatose. I slapped her. I put a cold rag on her. I slapped her with honor. Hallelujah. I didn't slap her like a crazy person. Mom, mom. And she didn't come too. So I went and fired up my blazer and said, I'm taking her in. And my wife said, no, you need to slow your roll. Call the four-wheel drive ambulance and tell them I did. When I got to the hospital, um, I could see they'd been working on her, you know. And they said, um, we need you to put her on life support. I said, I'm not going to do that. God didn't wake me up to put her on life support. He woke me up for her to wake up. He said, well, who else is there besides you? I said, my sister is four and a half hours away, and she ain't going to get here in time. We're not putting her on one. So we put her in the room. I was on one of those hiatuses where I was at another church. I called the pastor. I said, man, you need to get over here. My mom's in a coma. He said, no, God said, you the one. I can't be the one. I don't know nothing. He said, you're the one. I said, all right. I was praying. My way there, I'm praying. They put her in a room with a saline drip. They didn't send her into intensive care. They just put her in a room, left her alone. I went home, changed clothes. I come back, and I asked the nurse, had her doctor been here? She said, yes, he had, and she hung her head. And I said, well, what did he say? Nurses don't ever show you charts. She showed me the chart. He was wrote across with a black magic marker and said, I expect her to succumb. I said, the devil is a liar. Oh, we might have to call security. There's going to be a crazy person up here. No, I'm not crazy. I'm, be- I'm a believer. My sister arrived in the evening, and my cousin came, and I'm praying, asking the Lord, what should I do? The pastor, church is out. The pastor said, no, it's you. I'm not coming. I said, okay. I told them, give me your hands. We're going to stand around this bed. I'm going to lay hands on her, and we're going to believe God. She was in a coma for 18 and a half hours. I began to pray, and she sat up. She sat up. The nurse came and threw everybody out. And you know they got them little skinny windows. I went and pressed my face in the window. She's laying on the bed hugging my mother, hugging and crying. I said, okay. She straightened out the bed, opened the door like nothing was wrong, said, you all can come in now. I said, yeah, right, all right. (laughs) So we get in there, and my mother says, 
I've been taking her to this church a little bit while we were gone. She said, God told me, you need to find this in the Bible for me. God told me to pray for the healing of the races. Okay? That's my assignment. I said, your assignment? I said, oh, Lord, this comedon caused her to lose her mind. Hallelujah. Come on. That's what I thought. I didn't tell nobody. I found it in the Bible. Her sisters and brothers came from Detroit. And we had just adopted our first child. I have four adoptive children and one original. Amen. And we had just adopted him. And my wife said, I'm going to stay home as rain and whatever. And my mother said, I want to go to church, that church you've been going to. So we went. And I dropped her off. It was in a high school. And she went up in the church. I went and parked the car, and I ended up in the balcony. And a prophet from Tulsa was in that service. And he was walking along, and my mother was probably five rows back. And he told the pastor, I'm sorry. I got to be obedient to the word of God. And he kept walking, and then he said, you, you've been sick. You were close to death. He said, but I have called you to pray in a special manner. I have called you to pray for the healing of the races. And I began to cry. I began to cry. And the Lord told me, he said, don't you ever doubt my word. He said, I spoke to her. You found what she needed to hear, and she's doing what I called her to do. I was like, I, I'm, I was dumbfounded. I told my wife, I said, I didn't tell us anybody because I thought... There was some damage that was done. It wasn't damage. It was divine intervention. It was the Lord calling her to pray. She was not a prayer warrior, I thought. God knew what was in her. See, God will use you if you avail yourself. Never in a million years would I have said she's a prayer warrior. God knew she was a prayer warrior. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Father God. We need to understand that this is our assignment. And until we understand the power of this assignment, it won't be done. Because some are believing the word and some are not because of the lies and the deception of the enemy. Some don't even believe that the Holy Ghost, which is the power source of the kingdom of God, is here. That power has been given to all who believe. The understanding of our text today is that prayer is also the supernatural act that produces supernatural results. All throughout the Bible, men have prayed, and the supernatural responded. As the prophet declared in 1 Kings 17 and 1, Elijah the Tishbite of the inhabitants of Gilead said to Ahab, As the Lord God of Israel lives before whom I stand, there shall not be dew nor rain these years except at my word. The man of God declared in prayer that it would not rain. And the word says in James 5, 16, 18, confess your trespasses to one another. Amen? In other words, be, be honest enough to take the cover off what the devil has hidden. The effect and fervent prayer of a righteous man avails much. Elijah was a man with a nature like ours. Tell your neighbor, he was not special. And he prayed earnestly that it would not rain and it did not rain on the land for three years and six months. He prayed again, 
and the heaven gave rain, and the earth produced its fruit. In James 5.16 in the Amplified Bible, it says, it reveals something astonishing about prayer. It says, the earnest, heartfelt, continued prayer of a righteous man makes tremendous power available, dynamic in its working. The example used in the next two verses relates specifically to Elijah's dynamic power prayers. He prayed, God held back the rain for more than three years. He prayed again, and the rain resumed. That is a supernatural act. That's still happening today. You're not going to see it on Fox. You're not going to see it on CNN. Amen. I've got a friend that I know in Jacksonville, Florida, that when we were having that barrage of a hurricane, they had forecasted a hurricane was coming to Jacksonville. She got 25 of her members together, formed a line where the weather said, it's coming ashore right here. And they prayed. And it moved. It went back in the direction that it was coming in. The meteorologists were saying, we don't understand this. Why, why would it do that? How could it? Because they were standing out there decreeing and declaring, praying. We've got power. Tell your neighbor, we got power. But we got to use it. Wishful thinking is not going to cause it to, to, to manifest. We got to step out of the box. No matter who thinks you're crazy. Pastor Ziggy called me a few years ago, and we were just talking. And he told me, he said, somebody called me and asked me, were you okay? I said, I don't know if he remembers this or not, but we had an X-rated bookstore coming to our city in downtown. They had, um, you know how you prepare a building, you begin to put paper on the windows and the doors so people can't sit in. And then the paper said, there were some people out of Fort Wayne coming to bring an X-rated bookstore to our city. And I said, the devil's a liar. We're going to pray them out of here. Oh, yeah. So we begin to pray. And in that strategy of praying, there are three rivers that come into defiance. And I put teams together. I said, we're going to go down to Kingsbury Park where two rivers come together. We're going to pray, take communion, and I'm going to give you some oil. And I want you to go to every entranceway that comes into this city and draw a bloodline across the road. That's what got Brother Ziggy a phone call about me. He said, we ain't heard nothing like that. So, well, we're going to do it. So we went to the bridges, drew that bloodline and decree and declare no new demons are coming to defiance. No new demons are coming to defiance. We did. Two weeks later, all the paper came off that window and it said, there is no X-rated bookstore coming to defiance. You can do stuff if you pray. Amen. Was everybody in agreement? No. That's how Brother Ziggy got that phone call. Who does he think he is? I'll tell you who I think I am. I'm a child of God. I think that if this is not the will of God, it don't have to happen. That's, how, that's the mindset you've got to carry. Decree, declare it, and call it so. And that's what we did. Amen? Amen? When you put these two words together, you get the word supernatural. Something that takes place outside the natural realm that is over, above, and beyond the ordinary course of nature. 
without boundaries and limitations. And let me tell you this. I had some people say, what if we get arrested? I said, we'd be like Paul and Silas. We'll pray you out. (laughs) They were like, see, you joking. I said, I'm not joking. If we're doing the will of God, what makes you think man's natural foolishness is going to keep you bound? That's how you got to think. We're supernatural. Tell your neighbor, we're supernatural. You can't believe you're supernatural unless you believe you're supernatural. Thank you, Lord. Fervent, effectual prayer unlocks the supernatural power of God for the works of God to manifest in this life and this generation. This generation is hungry for the supernatural. That's why they're chasing the paranormal. Because the churches aren't walking in the supernatural. We kind of shut them down, you know, kind of. And they turn to the world, ghost hunters, uh, um, looking at things that cannot be explained. Well, God's got a whole lot of stuff that can't be explained. But if the church isn't willing to talk about it, they're going to search the world. So we've got to begin to do the supernatural. Amen? He prayed to do the will of God as the word of God declared in Solomon's prayer in 1 Kings 8, 35 through 36. Now, The prophet of God knew this prayer. When the heavens are shut up, there will be no rain because they have sinned against you. And when they prayed toward this place, which was Solomon's temple, and confess your name and turn from their sin because you afflict them, then you will hear in heaven and forgive the sin of your servants, your people Israel, that you may teach them the good way in which they should walk and send rain on your land which you have given to your people as an inheritance. This is why he prayed. He knew the nation of Israel was in sin. And he said, God said, if nobody else believes it, I believe it. And he prayed it, and God honored his prayer. As a man of faith, he prayed from the position of faith in the word and the promises of God, as we should also do as believers in Christ. A lot of stuff that we want to happen is not happening because we're not praying. We can pray. Don't think everybody's going to be in agreement with you. That thing I told you about my praying my mother out of, out of a, a coma, I went back to our home church. See, in my little thinking, I said, well, if they know somebody that's had a miracle, man, it'll start a revival. They'll say, yeah, we know you. Yeah, it didn't work. I had elders running across the parking lot to get away from me. I said, let me tell you what happened. They knew she was in the hospital. They knew all this had happened. I said, let me tell you what God did. I mean, that's how they were going. I was behind them saying, wait a minute. Let me tell you the power of God. Let me tell you. All I got was my feelings hurt. They didn't want to listen to it. They said, that's not for us. That's for those people that believe like that. I was crushed. Say, we all serve the same God. Why can't you see this? We got people coming to the altar every Sunday. Don't get healed because you guys are still praying. If it's God's will, if we will stand on the word of God, we will see miracles. I I was crushed. I was crushed that they know me. I'd been there 18 years. They know me, but they didn't believe me. In their mind, they said, this is not for us. We are not them kind of people. I said, we're the wrong people then. 
We've stopped the power of God because of religion. Religion's got to take a back seat to the truth of the word of God that will set you free. Amen. Amen. The supernatural works come when we pray like Jesus, just like the prophets of God did. They were just like us, and we should be just like them, for they believed God and they trusted in God at his word. Our next text declares this truth in Mark 11, 22, 20, 24. So Jesus answered and said to them, Have faith in God, for surely I say to you, whoever says to this mountain, be removed, be cast into the sea, does not doubt in his heart, but believes that those things he says will be done, he will have whatever he says. Yeah. Therefore I say to you, whatever things you ask in pray, prayer, believe that you receive them and you will have them. Verse 25 says, make sure the slate is clean. Whenever you stand praying, if you have anything against anyone, forgive him that your Father in heaven may also forgive you your trespasses. You can't expect a miracle if you're holding people in bondage. Amen. You can't hold people in bondage who have not believed for you. I learned that when I chased those ministers, those leaders across that parking lot. I want to see more of this. I don't want to see less. I let you all go. And I did let them go. Amen. Amen. Having faith in God when we pray will bring the supernatural results. Praying, believing that your prayers will be heard. When you pray, you got to believe God heard my prayer. I, I didn't see a sign or a wonder happen when I prayed, but in my heart of hearts, I know he heard me. That's how you got to believe. Amen. No matter who doubts what has been prayed, that is what brings the supernatural. When we first came to defiance, we were filled with the zeal of God. Oh, we were on fire and crazy. You can ask Pastor Ziggy. We were just out there. <laughs> and I would get phone calls. I'd preach on Sunday, get a phone call Monday morning. You better watch it. Better watch what? You're going to make the devil mad. <laughs> I'm telling you right now, you better change what you're doing. I said, what is wrong? I've never been in a place where people were worried about what the devil think. He said, you're saying stuff like when you pray, something's going to happen. That's called faith. Right. Now, understand me. We were never taught faith. All the faith I learned was out in many books. That's all, all the faith that I learned was out in many books. And I said, well, number one, I don't care about the devil. He's crazy as a bed bug already. I'm trusting and believing in the Lord God Almighty. And if we were not doing what God wanted us to do, he'd show us. He'd tell us. Amen. We hear the Lord. We hear what God is saying. Because we were just that crazy. If he said do it, we did it. Amen. That's how we were living. That's how we're living today. Amen. Amen. I serve and trust the living God and the word of his son. Amen. I, I had people come up after um, ministry. You know, you can't keep saying stuff like that. When you pray that God's going to do something. I said, I believe it. Well, we've never had anybody teach us that way. We have never had anybody speak that way. So, well, praise God, you're in the right place at the right time because this is what we're going to do. Amen. I said, well, you, you keep talking like that, we won't be here. Happy trails to you until we meet again. I said, I don't care. We came here to do what God said to do. 
And everybody that told us we couldn't do that has failed. They've fallen off, off the side. I said, we came here because we came to do the word of God, to cast out devils, to praise and worship till the glory of the Lord comes down. And that's what we do. And that's where we fight from, trying to do what God told us to do. Amen? The word, the word of the Lord tells us that all things are possible to he who believes. In Mark 9, 23, Jesus said, if you believe, all things are possible to him who believes. What do you believe? Better yet, who do you believe? I believe the Bible. That, that Bible in your lap is what I believe. I don't base my belief on what men say. I've seen too many miracles. I've seen too much of the power of God that don't make sense. I could tell you stories all day. And you were like, man, that's something. Man. I, I was trying to save a guy. We worked together. I'm trying to save him. And I'm telling him, God is amazing. God can do anything. We were working on a job. I had to park two, two blocks away from where we were working. I got out of my little hoopty car. Hallelujah. It was not a luxury mobile. It was a hoopty. And I forgot to turn the lights off. Somebody told him it left my lights on. Well, he forgot to tell me. So we get out of work about 5.30. By the time we walk down there, it's about a quarter to six. And I turned, got in the car. Oh, man, I forgot to tell you. Somebody told me at lunchtime your lights was on. I said, why didn't you go cut them off? Oh, man, I, 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 mm -hmm, okay. I raised the hood. Now, this was before cell phones. Hallelujah, glory to God. And, and I was like, what are we going to do? I said, my brother ain't home. My wife, she's gone to pick up the kids. I think they were at dance somewhere. I said, oh, man. I used my last dime. I said, what, what are we going to Everybody's gone. I said, yep. I said, well, what are we going to do? He said, why don't you ask God? You know, God can do anything. I said, oh, oh, you're going to mess with me. That's what you're going to do. So he raised the hood, and I told him, I said, uh, I'm going to lay hands on this battery. Okay. He really got to laughing then, he? He's like, ha, ha. oh, boy, I wish I had some more people here. I would tear you a new one. Oh, man. And he's just having a ball. I said, well, you get in and turn, turn the ignition. I laid hands on the battery. It fired. Oh, yeah. He jumped out. <laughs> he jumped out the car. He said, I wouldn't have believed it if I hadn't been here. I said, don't fool with God. I said, if you get in, I'll take you home. He's like, man, I, I just can't believe it. I was like, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord, that his doubting didn't stop me from believing. Now, understand, it's never happened before. It never happened since then, but it happened that day. If you believe, all things are possible. It don't have to make sense to your mind. You can't pull it apart and say, step one, step two, step... You can't do that. I told him that was a good hoopty I was driving. That baby fired up. I didn't even have to put the battery on a charge. 
come on, God can do the miraculous for you. To do the supernatural, you have to be bold in your faith to trust and believe the word without doubting. That boldness is not pride, it's faith in the truth of the word of God. Oh, how we need this today. This unlocks the pathway to the supernatural. The word of the Lord says this in Paul's prayer in Ephesians the third chapter, 14 through 21. For this reason, I bow my knees to the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, from whom the whole family in heaven and earth is named, that he would grant you, according to the riches of his glory, to be strengthened with might through his Spirit in the inner man, that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith, that you being rooted and grounded in love, that's another key, may be able to comprehend with all the saints what is the width, the length, the depth, and the height to know the love of Christ which passes knowledge that you may be filled with the fullness of God. Verse 20 is where I was trying to get to. Now to him who is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all we ask or think according to the power that works in us. It's in you. Amen. Tell your neighbor, it's in you. It's, in you. it's an untapped reservoir that you need to tap into. This reference to the Holy Spirit power that works in us who believe in Christ the Lord. Amen? Verse 20 of Ephesians, the third chapter, is a good description of the supernatural. Now to him who by and in consequence of the action of his power that is working within us is able to carry out his purpose and to do superabundantly far above all that we ask, we dare to ask or think, infinitely beyond our highest prayers, desires, thoughts, hopes, and dreams. It's powerful. You got to practice it. You got to practice it. I'm going to believe the Lord today for this. Lord, I'm going to pray and I'm going to believe something's going to happen. Amen. Amen. Stop listening to the report of the enemy and coming into agreement with it. The enemy will always speak into your ear to try to get you not to manifest what you know. Stop listening to him. He don't have a right. The word of the Lord said, the voice of the stranger, you will not follow. They don't get any stranger than he is. When the devil begins to speak to you, you need to say, danger, stranger. Danger, stranger. I'm shutting you out. Come, Holy Spirit. Come, Holy Spirit. Let's learn. Thank you. Excuse me. The, our text says in 1124, Therefore I say to you, whatever things you ask when you pray, believe that you receive them and you will have them. Let us learn how to activate the supernatural power of God in prayer. Amen. Don't get nervous. Don't get upset. Don't, oh dear, what shall we do? What shall we do? Go somewhere and pray. Okay. Open your Bible. You don't know how to pray? Pray Paul's prayer. There's nothing more powerful than Paul's prayer because he's praying and asking the Lord to give you revelation knowledge of the power that's within you. You're not trying to get it to come from somewhere else. It's in you. Stir it up. Give God some glory. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. We're going to do another activation. Amen. Amen. Pick somebody you, you 
didn't come with. These things get progressively harder. So pick somebody you didn't come with. That means pick somebody you don't have trust in. Because if you came with your husband, you trust him. If you came with your wife, you trust her. Find somebody that you have, don't, do not have adequate trust in. You guys are okay. All right. Thank you, Lord. This is an activation for El Shaddai, the mighty power of God. In this activation, you're going to ask the Lord to stir up the anointing. Stir up the anointing for miracles in the other person, and they're going to pray for the same thing for you. Okay? You're going to ask for the supernatural manifestation to be in the other person's life. All right? Grab them by the hand, look them in their eyes, and say thank you for giving me the opportunity to stir up my gift. I'm going to pray for you, and you're going to pray for me. The supernatural manifestation of the Holy Spirit is going to manifest. I thank you, and get ready, because we're going on. Okay. I want you to pray in the Holy Ghost. Begin to ask God to give you the prayer that you need to pray for, for your sister or your brother, that the miracle-producing mighty power of El Shaddai is going to manifest in them. I pray in the name of Jesus. Father, I thank you. I thank you for this opportunity for the manifestation of your power and your anointing. I thank you, Father God, that as my sisters and my brothers are praying, Lord, you're going to hear their prayers. Father God, you're going to energize their prayers, and there's going to be a stirring up of the anointing of the power of God. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. And we thank you, Lord. Stop. Stop right now. Begin to see what the Lord is telling you. Beginning to hear the prayer that he's given to you. The shorter person go first. Father, in the name of Jesus, the shorter person, pray first. Pray the release of the anointing of the Holy Ghost for the supernatural. Father God, I pray right now, Father God, for every person that is being obedient to the truth of this word. Father God, let there be a stirring up. Father God, let there be a manifestation. I pray, Father God, in the blessed name of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, let your anointing fall. Let your anointing fall right now, O oh God. Let your anointing fall upon the men and the women of God. Father God, stir them up, Father God. Stir them up, O oh God. Stir up that anointing right now, O oh God. In the name of Jesus, stir it up, O oh God. Stir up their faith to believe in signs, wonders, and miracles. 
Screw up their faith, Father God, to cast all doubt aside. Father God, let them in the mighty name of Jesus begin to stand on the truth of your word. I thank you, Father God. Your word said it's more blessed to give than to receive. Father God, no one's going to be left out. Lord, there's going to be a new place in them for the anointing and the power of God to manifest. I thank you, Father God, in Jesus' mighty name. I thank you, oh God, right now, right now, right now, in Jesus' mighty name. In the name of Jesus. Get ready to switch. Get ready to switch. The other person pray. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord Jesus. I thank you right now, oh God. Hallelujah. In the name of Jesus, we thank you right now, Father God. I pray in the name of Jesus, Father God. I pray that you release that anointing right now, Father God. Let the fire of God fall upon them. I pray in the name of Jesus, Father God. I pray right now in Jesus' mighty name, Father God. Let the stirring up, Father God. Let the stirring up the anointing of God, Father God, manifest. Manifest that a new, a new positioning, a new place takes place. I thank you, Father God, in Jesus' mighty name. I thank you, Father God. Let it transfer. Father God, stir it up right now. The Lord, as they pray, Father God, something new begins to happen. In the name of Jesus, right now, oh God, I loose that anointing. Stir it up within them, oh God. Stir it up within them in Jesus' name. I praise you and I thank you, oh God. Hallelujah. Thank you, Father God, in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name, I thank you right now, Father God. Stir it up within them, Father God. Lord, cast all doubt aside, Father God. Let them begin to walk in the anointing that you've placed within their lives. In Jesus' mighty name, I praise you and I thank you, Father God. In Jesus' mighty name, I thank you, Father God, in Jesus' name. Let it go forth in Jesus' name. Father God, I pray right now in Jesus' mighty name. Father God, loose that anointing in him right now, oh God. Stir it up, almighty God, in Jesus' mighty name. I thank you, Father God, in Jesus' mighty name. I thank you, Father God, in Jesus' name. Let it go forth. Stir up the rivers of living water right now, O oh God, in Jesus' mighty name. Thank you, Father God. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord Jesus. In the mighty name of Jesus, I thank you right now, O oh God. Stir it up right now, O oh God, in Jesus' name. I thank you right now, Father God, in the name of Jesus. Stir up the rivers of living water, O oh God. Stir up the miracle-producing anointing within them, O oh God. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord Jesus. In Jesus' mighty name, I thank you, Father God. I thank you right now, Father God, in Jesus' mighty name. We decree and declare in the mighty name of Jesus. We Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Woo. Glory to God. Give God some glory. Give God some glory. Come on and give him some glory. Give him some glory. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. How many felt something? How many felt something? Your life is not going to be the same. Step out in faith.
Step out and believe the truth of the word of God. Come on, that thing is going to manifest. It's going to manifest as you pray. As you begin to pray, God is going to begin to open doors. Because I hear the Spirit of the Lord say that even as your heart is running after me, we used to say as a deer panteth for the water, so that we run after the Lord. The Lord said, you are running and you're going to find me. You are running and I'm going to begin to open doors. I'm going to begin to cause you to begin to pray, decree and declare, and watch me manifest because you said it. And you said it because you heard me say it. From my mouth to your ear to what you declare is going to manifest and is going to happen, says the Spirit of the living God. God is saying it is time for you all to begin to step out of the boat. It's time for you all to trust in the Word of God. There is no failure in God. There is no doubt in God. Hallelujah. I hear the Lord say that even at times, you're saying, Lord, should I? Lord, is this what you really want me to do? The Lord said, throw caution to the wind. He said, if you know that you know that you know I spoke to you, then do what I say do. Trust me and watch me begin to manifest. Amen. And don't worry about who don't believe. That's important to you. But God said, don't worry about it. He said, because I'm going to show you. I'm going to lead you, and I'm going to guide you. God wants you to know that this is the beginning. Signs, signs and wonders are what, is what's going to bring revival. It isn't going to be our preaching and our oratory skills. It's going to be because you pray. It's going to be because you pray. There's some people on your job, my brother, that are curious. They're real curious. They want to know if you're for real. Okay? You go to praying for them. The reality of who you serve and what you believe is going to begin to manifest. See, because the world is looking for the truth, but they don't know where to find it. Okay? And usually when they seek for it, they're seeking through the occult because church wasn't good to them. They, they think church is old-fashioned. Church is on the cutting edge. There ain't never nothing old-fashioned about the Lord when we let go of tradition. When we do what the Lord says, God will bless. Amen. When we left the Baptist church, all of my wife's family's in there. She was there since she was seven years old. She left at 38. The first Sunday we left, my father-in-law was on my doorstep the next Sunday. And she said, Hey, Dad, what's up? He had never been to our house. She said, did you come to see if we shaved our heads and we're wearing sheets or what? <laughs> he said, I, I just come to see you. Are you all right? We said, we're fine. We're going to do the will of God. Amen. He was good with that. He was good with that. You, you got to know that you know that you know that God has called you. Amen. My sister, God wants to impart in you another level of boldness. Okay? You're, you're a, a slow starter. Okay? You, you, you know, they've got lawnmowers and stuff. Now you can hook a drill motor to and zoom, zoom, and it'll start. You're a slow starter. God's been pulling and pulling, and you've kind of been, okay, Lord, if this is really what you want me to do. Lord has said, I'm getting ready to charge you. I'm going to charge you to be the woman of God that I have placed within you. He said, because I have called you to be a woman of God of great integrity. I've called you to be a woman of God of great passion. Those around you don't have the compassion that you have. You've been looking for them 
to get excited, to be excited about the Lord like you're excited. And you kind of backed up a little bit. You backed up, but the Lord said, put on your running shoes. He said, because I'm not calling you to back up. I'm calling you to go forward in the zeal of the Lord. And he said, there are some things I'm going to perform. He said, understand this. You never have to try to explain anyone what a miracle of God is. Don't try to explain it. Just say, God did it. I'm happy with what God did, and it's not my purpose to try to explain it to you. Believe God. It's time. Okay? You're hungry. And God said, I'm going to feed you. You're hungry. God said, the table is set. Eat all you want. Eat all you want. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. You're the praise and worship woman of God. God said, begin to open up your heart, okay? Because you've got some stuff you're holding, okay? When I saw you last night, I said, eh, eh. She's like my wife and her praise buddy. They can get up before the church. The church is going and the church is happy and going and she got another gear. God said, it's time for you to let that other gear go. He said, because he's going to manifest in the presence of the church as you begin to let that other gear go. I, I told my wife's praise buddy, I said, every time you come to church, praise and worship gets good, and then you leave us. You begin to step out in the deep somewhere. They're singing over there, and you're out here. She said, I know. God told me to cut it out. I said, I know he told me. I said, but what you need to do is let that next gear go. Because what I heard the Lord say, Brother Ziggy, is when you all step into that presence of where the Lord is trying to take you, miracles will just break out in the church. Okay? Don't you be distracted. You keep on praising God. Because the praise that you're sending up is going to bring the blessings back down. And people are going to be instantaneously healed. Okay? I don't care if they just walk in the back door. They're, they're going to go like that and say, I don't hurt no more. And nobody's going to have to lay a hand on them. It's going to be because you opened up to let God use you completely. Stop saving. Okay? You've been saving. You say, okay, next service, I'm going to break out this way. No, no. Let it, leave it all out here. Leave it all out on the field. And God's going to give you more and more and more. Amen? This word is for Gabe. This word is for Gabe. There's a psalmist anointing that is going to drop in this house. And he's going to begin to write some songs. Amen. And they're not going to be the songs that you all been singing. They're going to be the power of God's songs that bring his presence. And that presence is going to unlock the supernatural. Amen. This morning when you were looking for songs, Brother Ziggy, I kept hearing a song that is entitled, Too Good to Be True. I don't know if you all have heard that song or not, but it's a miracle song. The brother singing that song said, I've seen cancer healed. I've seen the dead raised. I've seen blinded eyes open. It's too good not to be real. He's going to write songs like that, and they're going to raise the level of the praise and worship to a place where the angels are coming down. As the angels come down, you're going to change your praise and worship from jumping and running to laying prostrate on the floor. 
And as you're laying prostrate on the floor, the angels are going to walk in between you. But it's, it's going to come, not in a manner he's looking for, because he has that desire and curiosity to, let me try this, let me try that. It's going to fall upon him, and as it falls upon him, he's going to begin to write songs. And they're not going to stay local. They're not going to stay local. Amen. God is getting ready to set upon this house. He's going to set upon you all. When he begins to work, let him work. I've been searching for the supernatural since I was 18 years old. The last year, that's what I've been preaching is supernatural. I've been trying to tell people, get ready. Get ready. God's getting ready to do some things. But he's got to use you. He's not going to just use me. That's what I told our people in church. I said, well, if we can get you to apostle, he can pray. And, and you pray. You pray. I, I, I'm the cleanup batter. You bring them here, I'm going to get all the little stuff that you didn't get. But you pray and start the situation. God's going to use you all mightily. Amen. Amen. He's going to use you mightily, Pastor Reuben. You've been dipping your toe in to where you can't see the bottom. You know, sometimes we'll do that. We'll get into some water and we'll look down and, well, we can't see nothing. Maybe it's just a mirage. No, it ain't a mirage. The Lord said, I'm going to call you into the deep. He said, as I call you into the deep, trust me. Just trust me. He said, I'm going to open up avenues for you. You got questions, okay? You're an inquisitive pastor of God, and you want God to give you some answers. Well, God's going to begin to give you some revelation. As he begins to give you that revelation, pass it on. Make room for the new, okay? Make room for the new, and as you do, God's going to give you an understanding of some things that you've had questions about, amen? There are some things that you and your wife are going to discuss, amen? Be open. Not opinionated. Be open. As you're open, you're going to be a sounding board that when he sends it to you, you're going to say what the Spirit of the Lord is saying back to him. And it's going to look like a paddle ball match. And as you're going back and forth, God's going to keep pouring out the anointing till you get a dose. When you get a dose of that revelation, then you all are going to pray and walk in unity. That's what he's looking for. Amen. It's sometimes like my wife says, when I'm talking to you, I don't want your opinion. My feelings used to get hurt. You ladies understand what I'm talking about. I'm going to have to work on y'all because y'all should have been saying, amen, hallelujah. <laughs> you know, you talk to your husband, you're really not looking for his opinion. You just want a sounding board. When you get to that place where you understand it's not your opinion, your opinion as much as it's your faith, Okay. You say, well, okay, you're doing the right thing. Keep on doing it. Sometimes that's the encouragement that we need. It's a sickum, okay? We can go further and we can go deeper. Amen? Hallelujah. My brother, God has made you a peculiar man. You're a peculiar man, okay? In your ministry, in your thoughts, in, in um, how you operate in the Word of God. You got people who love you and people that go, I don't know about that guy. <laughs> don't worry about them. 
you keep doing what God has called you to do because you're, you're a man who shoots from the hip, okay? That's not a bad thing. That means you have confidence in the word of God that you know. You have faith in the word of God that you know. You're not misfiring, but you're hitting the thing that needs to be hit. And God said in the coming season, he's going to open up the avenues. He's going to open up what you've been saying and who's been listening. There are more people listening to you than what you know. And those people are beginning to come find you all. They're going to begin to come to the house of God. And you're going to find it peculiar how they heard of you and how they got there. But when you do, God says you begin to open up the floodgates. And don't be afraid to teach and preach what I'm telling you. Okay? We're in a place of transition. That transition must come so that the church will arise to what it is called to be. We can't hold back anymore. We can't hold back any longer. We've got to go where others have never dared to go. Amen. Amen. That's what we've got to do. Amen. Give God some glory. Ted, the Lord loves you. The Lord loves you. Hallelujah. When I came, I told my wife, I said, I hope I get to see Ted. <laughs> Ted blesses me. Amen. Amen. I'll never forget the first time him and Ziggy came. And I said something, Ted said, Amen. I said, that's okay, praise God. I like that, that's all right. I just kept on preaching. And when people said, well, that guy saying amen, didn't he distract you? I said, no. That was from heaven. Oh, yeah. Amen. Babies nor ameners bother me. Amen. And, and there was a place in my heart for you, Ted, because that was your ability to give God glory no matter what anybody else thought. And that spoke to me. Yeah. Amen. Because I'm one of them people that say, preach. Hallelujah. Say it again. It and you were in my club, brother. Oh, yeah. And you were encouraging. And that encourages me. Amen. Men of God need to hear somebody sometime and say, that's right. Amen. Hallelujah. That's it. God honors that, Ted. And God is going to bless you. He's going to bless both of you. Amen. Because that is music to God's ear. And I believe every time that you say that, the aroma of heaven increases. The aroma of heaven in the building where you're at increases. And God is going to continue to bless you and to keep you. Amen. Hallelujah. Brother Ziggy. Sir. I retire. Hallelujah. Glory to God. <laughs> Well, praise the Lord. Come on, let's give the Lord a shout. Hallelujah. Amen. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. <laughs> Glory to God. Boy, it was good this morning. Thank you, Lord. You know, I feel bad. I feel bad for those that can't come in the morning. Amen. Because, uh, boy, these are, oh, Shia. Shia Baha. You can't, even, you can't even describe it in English. Whenever you talk to someone about the morning, just go, Shele Barra Forabata. Just tell them in tongues because English don't do it justice. Praise God. Listen, I'm so appreciative of Apostle Smith and all those that are here um, uh, ministering. 
Uh, praise God for his goodness. Well, you know, we're back here tonight, and we're pumped up. Pastor Ben will be ministering again tonight. And I know that the Lord, <laughs> Pastor Ben and I, we've been friends for a long time, like Apostle Smith and myself. And um, what, 90, 90, uh, 95 or 96, something like that? It's a long, we've been, we've been hanging out a long time. And uh, our ministries have always kind of flown parallel with one another. It's really strange. Whatever usually is happening with them, there's something very similar happening with us. And so I know the Lord uh, connected us uh, years ago. And, uh, well, you're right on. He's, he's a different kind of fella. I've never, I've never met anyone like Pastor Ben, I'll tell you. Uh, he's a Holy Ghost dude. Amen. <laughs> and you don't know this, but he plays the guitar. We, we had to, we, he and I have had to be careful, though, over the years, because, you know, we were both in 80s rock and roll bands, and one, one night after revival at his church, he went to play in a Van Halen song, and I just happened to be on the drums. <laughs> he started playing, and I was like, we, I, th I think we went through about half of it before both of us said, well, we probably ought to quit. <laughs> but anyhow. So I am. I'm expecting the Lord to do great things tonight. Apostle Smith, praise God. We love you, brother. Amen. So uh, come back tonight. Come with expectancy. Let's pray uh, our way out of here. Now, I'm, I've got symptoms of a, of a cold, so I'm going to try to keep away from you so you don't get uh, uh, any germs on you or anything like that. Um, some people say, well, I'll go get tested for COVID. I'm not going to do that. Um, here's here's where I stand, and, and here, this is where I'm at with with that. And and I, I hope nobody, I hope nobody gets upset about this. But I'm kind of in the uh, and pastor. I don't know where pastor, pastor Ben said he 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 got out in front of his church one day and said, you know, he says I've gotten to the point where I'm just praying everybody get it, in this church, just get it over with, everybody get it, because there's so much fear mongering going on when it comes to COVID, and. I've never been afraid, listen, I've never been afraid of any sickness, any disease, any infirmity. And, uh, and, I, and I'll say this, you know, I know that, I know that people are saying, people are dying of COVID. Well, you know, people are dying of pneumonia, they're dying of the flu, they're dying of cancer, they're dying of high blood. In fact, you know, there are more people that die from bad choices in their eating than there are people dying of COVID. And so, you know, if I really cared about you, um, you know, because some people are like, well, if you care about people, you'll go get tested. No, if I really cared about you, I'd slap every cheeseburger you tried to put to your lips out of your hand. <laughs> I wouldn't let you eat the donuts that you're eating, and I wouldn't, you know, I would, I, can you, ima can you imagine if we went, if we went through, uh, a, you know, okay, we're, we're looking out for one another, and people are slapping cheeseburgers and pizza out of everybody's hand. Yeah, so. So, so here's, here's, here's where I'm at. I, I honestly think people just need to quit being tested. Because what, so what does it do? You tested, you're not tested. You say, well, then, you know, uh, then you don't, you're not a spreader. Uh, listen, uh, you go get gas, you go to the grocery store. Um, uh, we're, we're constantly uh, touching and doing all these things. And I'm not, I'm not trying to be reckless, uh, definitely. Um, I want to uh, make sure that... Um, uh, I perceive I have a cold. Um, if I have a cold, that's what that's where I, that, those are the precautions I take. I try to stay away from people. Uh, I try to keep my distance, and um, 
So uh, if I don't come up and hug on you and stuff like that, you'll know why. If I don't come hug on your girls tomorrow or tonight, you'll know why. But, um, uh, le but let's believe God. Let's trust the Lord. Amen. You say, well, what if you have COVID? Well, by his stripes, I'm healed. Amen. Amen. Here's the thing. I'm not going to die of COVID. You're not going to die of COVID. Do you hear what I'm saying? You are not going to. I, in, in fact, in the name of Jesus, I defy COVID and everything that it has stood for, everything that it has been in the name of Jesus. And I declare that we're going to eradicate COVID for the glory of God in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. So some of you might say, well, is it, is it, you know, is it dangerous to come to church? Is it dangerous to gather? I, no, it's not dangerous. It's definitely risky because you might could catch COVID and you might could catch the Holy Ghost. I mean, you, you might get it. There's lots of things that can happen, you know. Uh, I've, I've walked out of church with a little booger on my leg from one of the children. It's risky. It's risky. So, uh, <laughs> lots of risk. <laughs> you know. <laughs> so, just, uh, I, lo I love you all. I appreciate you. I thank God for you. Um, I don't, um, I don't feel bad. I'm just, my nose is stuffy, and, and um, my, uh, I blew out my throat on Sunday. My, I went to, we went to shout, and I was preaching hard. We went to shout. Nakia almost blew out her voice for the rest of the week. Uh, we were shouting together. Amen. But uh, um, my, my, my throat is definitely back. My voice is back, and uh, thank God. Uh, but I woke up this morning with a stuffy nose, and uh, that's about where that's at. So, um, but I don't feel sick, so I don't even feel like you need to really pray for me. Uh, but let's pray for those that are, that are battling and uh, those that did test. And we, I encourage people that test and, and are positive, come back with a positive test result, that if they know that they have COVID, that they uh, at least stay away from church until they're a few, five days at least without symptoms. And uh, so we have several in our church that are in that boat. But, you know, Sheree, who's watching us, uh, she, she tested positive uh, yesterday. Um, I encouraged her to test every day because I'm believing that the Lord's healing her. And I'm believing that today she's going to get a negative test result. Amen. And when she, and when she does, she's going to roll up in here praising God. Amen. Thank God. Of course, she doesn't, she doesn't really have any she had sent, like, and this has been the way it has been in our church, and I hope I'm, I'm not taking too long here, but um, at, our, at, our, at our place, everyone in our church, I think, got COVID um, last September, and uh, what, what was, what, how long were the symptoms most people had? A, a day? A day? Two days? Three? Tops three days, and I think there was only two people that had anything that lasted longer than just a couple of days, because when you're a believer... Even if something tries to come on you, you have authority to get it off. Amen. And so Cherie, she had, she woke up with symptoms. She had a headache behind her eyes, and and I and she was, she was telling me, she said, Pastor, I know what's going on, and I, and and I was like, yeah. I said, Well, it sounds like to me. I said, But uh, you know, let's trust the Lord. And so by, but that was at six or uh, five, six o'clock in the morning. By eleven, she said every symptom was gone. She had absolutely nothing. And she's like, I, I, I'm 100%. She says, you, you, what do you think I should do? I said, well, you know, I, I wish she hadn't tested because I would just told her. Here's the thing. Don't test. That, that's, that's my deal. Don't test. That way we don't have to say, well, you know, since you're, you know, we know. 
Uh, but if you do, if you do like anything, church, we use wisdom. If you're, if you get any kind of virus, if you get any kind of sickness, it only makes sense to don't be don't be kissing on people, Ted. You know, or you know, don't go licking doorknobs and things like that. Uh, it's use 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 wisdom. But you know what? We're not going to be held in we're not going to be held in bondage by an evil spirit. Amen. Praise God. All right. Father, we thank you for all that you've done here today. We pray, God, your blessing will rest mightily upon your people as we go out of this place. Bring us back tonight, Lord, with expectancy. We're grateful to you, God, for all that you've said to us today. And uh, we're looking forward to all that you're going to do in this place, not only tonight, Lord, but for the remainder of the week. In Jesus' name, Lord, we thank you. And everybody that believed it said amen. 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 Listen, I love you. Go in his presence before you leave. Love someone because you do. I'll see you back here tonight, 7 p.m. Amen.